This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Right now, housing, consumer confidence, supply chain issues, they all highlight today's economic file. We welcome Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, an economist found online at andrewbush.com. Andy, uh, let's begin with home sales. You got a six-month high. Are, are things looking good? Or are they kind of cooling off with homes? It's it's slowing down a little bit, Cisco, but it's extraordinarily robust. Let's just put it that way, especially when you see like the S&P K Schiller home price index in August go up 19 percent. And that's at about the same level it was last month. So the demand is just so strong right now. And it's interesting in the inflation component of this, we're starting to see first time home buyers drop out of buying new homes. Um, and I think that's at the lowest level at 28 uh, percent since 2015. So prices are starting to have an impact on consumers' behaviors. And when it comes to those uh, kind of kind of describe in the wider economy, how those home prices and homes moving and, and especially when you get into new home sales, how it, it really impacts the wider economy. Yeah, it does. I mean, eventually this is going to hurt uh, as these prices keep going up. People are going to you know, change their behavior. They're going to stop buying and they're going to sit tight wherever they're at. Um, it'll, it'll impact a wide range of industries, whether it's construction or materials or durable goods. But right now, the consumer is, is super confident. And you saw that in the consumer confidence numbers, which went up for percentage points. But at some point here, it, it's going to continue to negatively impact um, buying at some point. I, I just don't know when it is. Um, maybe after Christmas, I think. But at some point, all of that filters through and it will cause uh, you know things to slow down. Just look at the price of oil. I mean, it's $84 a barrel at West Texas Intermediate. You know, gasoline prices are going up significantly. So that's going to hurt consumers' pocketbooks as well. Let's talk about the supply chain. I mean, we, we keep hearing about that. I, I think it's, it's just sort of ambiguous term for a lot of Americans. Help us to understand, you got all this material just kind of floating out in the water in California. <laughs> uh, that'll, that'll help us understand what we mean by supply chain problems. Yeah, I wonder if any of them sunk during that storm. Um, no, I, I think what's happened is you just have to consider the context of what's happened. I mean, we had this massive shift in consumer behavior when people were going to work and then they weren't. Right. And so people started staying at home. Um, they needed all the technology services that led to a rise in the tech stocks. Then people started looking around their house and they're going, this is way too small. Then they wanted to buy new homes. So there's a huge demand for new homes. Um, and then we, of course, had the American Rescue Plan, which added fuel to the fire, gave a lot of money out to a lot of people, increasing the demand. And if you think about it, just really quickly, we saw a shift in the way that the economy is structured. We went from 70 percent services to about, I would say, about 50 percent and demand for goods 
for goods went up to about 50%. We couldn't handle that in normal times, let alone during a COVID crisis when we have ports shut down and rolling kind of shutdowns in China uh, for production. So it's really been a mess for a long time. Thanks so much. Good insight from Andrew Bush. You can find him online at andrewbush.com. Illinois' $5 billion a year sports betting habit has casinos, a racetrack, and major sports teams all trying to cash in. Joining us with the latest, Bob Reed, business writer and contributor for Chicago Magazine. Uh, Bob, you know, for, for starters, I want to know if you think that there's a big enough of a pot here. I mean, $5 billion. If there's enough to go around, because one of the things that we saw when it came to the casinos is as more and more casinos opened up, it, it, it kind of diluted what each casino was taking home. That is a major concern. This $5 billion mark was made in the last fiscal year. Right now, state regulators uh, anticipate that number even doubling in a very short amount of time. One of the reasons is the ease of accessibility to online gaming and the fact that the state has expanded gaming so much. Right now, you not only have uh, legal online sports gambling, but you've got an expansion of casinos. So the issue you raise about saturation is a very important one, but the market is just too lucrative and fat for any of these guys to ignore. Yeah, I mean, you're talking billions and billions of dollars, pent-up demand. People, some have been doing it illegally for years, but others haven't because it was illegal. And now, as you mentioned, I mean, you get it on your phone. It's really simple. Well, to your point, the illegal market is not going to go away, oddly enough, because some people prefer to bet that way. Uh, in that regard, some cases, credit is actually easier to get than it is with the legal sports books, uh, but you better pay your bills. Uh, but the legal sports books are really uh, coming on strong. They have spent millions of dollars in Illinois, and particularly the Chicago market, on advertising, on apps, on bonuses to lure gamblers to their sites. They're really stepping up the competition, and they've got deep pockets. Yeah, I don't think uh, you mentioned the illegal side. I, I don't think they give you a 1099 if you win, do they? <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> and, you better pay, and you better pay your bills. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So it's going to end up being heated competition, especially on the sports side, because unlike the physical casinos where you have to decide which one you're going to go to and, and location matters, if it's just an app on your phone, in, in theory, you could go with any place in the state. Well, that's right. And there's a couple of elements to this. You know, one of them is that right now in Illinois, you have to register in person uh, if you get one of these sports apps. That is probably going to go away in, in the next legislative session. In addition to that, the people who are opposed to gambling really don't like these phone apps because they think they become much more um, uh, attractive to younger people and become more day-to-day, -day, particularly when you have a lot of betting now going on intergame betting, you know, like are you going to bet if Tom Brady makes that 600 pass and to whom is he going to make it? There's money to be made in those kinds of bets within the game itself. And fascinating to me to see just how quickly we moved from uh, th this thing is totally hush-hush, you know, if, if you do it, don't, don't say anything, to everyone just embracing it. You have the market with the casinos and the people who are doing the sports betting, but you have a lot of other people making money off it as well. Our sister station 670, The Score, they have a show every Saturday morning at 8 that talks about this. People just sort of saying, hey, if it's legal, well, let's let's figure out how we can make the most of this. Well, that's for sure. And the major league uh, league teams and such have really embraced it. For instance, the Cubs have a deal with the DraftKings. They're going to open up a sports book on the hallowed Wrigley Field site, I think near the Harry Carey uh, 
uh, statute. Uh, the Bears have a deal with uh, uh, Bet Rivers, and you're going to see more and more of this going on. As a matter of fact, there's a school of thought that one of the reasons the, Bet, uh, the Bears are thinking of relocating is that they'll be able to have a sports book on their new uh, stadium property, which is problematic when you're dealing with uh, Soldier Field and the Park District. And all those uh, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame people are going, oh, come on, are you are you kidding me here at this point? Well, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of layers to this. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you can really feel it back. <laughs> but it's definitely on the march right now. But your point about saturation is a good one. All good things come to an end. We just don't know when this is going to happen. That's right. Thanks so much, Bob Reed. He is a business writer and contributor at Chicago Magazine. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Facebook shares moving as investors are focusing on stronger-than-expected third-quarter earnings. Joining us with the latest, Scott Kessler, global sector lead at Third Bridge in New York. A bit of a roller coaster day for Facebook's stock today. Scott, help us to understand what they're saying in their earnings report. Yeah, thanks a lot, Cisco. Um, so I think there are a number of different kind of countervailing um, issues that we should probably go through. If you look at revenues, they grew 35%. When you're looking at a company that's valued at nearly a trillion dollars, that's largely organic and that's pretty substantial growth. But expectations were higher than that. They were adversely affected by um, some of Apple's privacy and targeting changes, IDFA is what that's called. Um, and we've seen similar commentary um, from the likes of Snap as well. And so you have that on one hand. Then they're speaking about all the employees and all the spending on safety and security. People are hearing about that seemingly every day. And then yesterday they talked about um, how they're going to be segmenting their businesses in a new way going forward, where they're going to have this Facebook Reality Labs, which is going to reduce uh, 2021 profits, I think, by $10 billion. And that involves their hardware and uh, their AR and VR efforts. So there are a lot of different things going on. But I think right now people are concerned about Facebook and its fundamental positioning going forward. Uh, tell us a little more about this change that Apple made. It's not only impacting Facebook. It's impacting all social media and lots of other people as well. But help us to understand this. Yeah, I mean, the way I would kind of characterize it is starting with iOS 14.5, um, basically you're now being asked, and you probably have seen this, if you have that um, operating system on your phone or, or something later where you're essentially asked if it's okay um, for you to kind of be tracked and, and targeted with advertising um, by a particular app. And I would guess a lot of people probably are answering that question no, and it makes it harder uh, for companies to uh, accumulate, aggregate, and utilize that information in the context uh, of providing advertising and marketing solutions to customers. If they can't do that, then they can't generate you know, as much revenue and as much value, and that's kind of what's going on here. And I think it's had more of an impact because you've seen Apple, obviously, um, releasing new phones. People are upgrading to the new operating system, and so we're kind of seeing a carry-through related to that. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they're able to pivot because uh, these companies certainly will. Thank you. That's Scott Kessler, global sector lead at Third Bridge, based in New York. Jim Welsh is here, macro strategist and portfolio manager with Smart Portfolios, based in San Diego. His website, macrotides.com. Jim, as you take a look around Wall Street today, what do you make of what you're seeing? Well, I think it's potentially, uh, Cisco, a, a pivotal day. Uh, the NASDAQ 100 took out at the September high by a few pennies. Uh, of course, the S&P is about 1% above its early September high. Um, the transports, I think, are near a high. So the point being is a lot of things had a correction during uh, you know September into early October, gone up and made a modest new high. So I think there's potential that today will mark at least a short-term high. And I still think there's an outside chance the S&P will ultimately pull back below 42.70 before a more concerted rally uh, takes hold. So the next handful of days are kind of critical. Do you think the rally that, that is coming, you think that's broad-based? Do you think there's certain sectors poised to maybe make a better run? Yes. Uh, I think if, you know, whenever we get this pullback in, uh, and from whatever the price level, I think cyclical stocks, are going to uh, probably outperform the high-tech stocks. I continue to believe, Cisco, over the next six months, on balance, we're going to see Treasury yields move up. Uh, last week, I sent a, a you know a special update to people who subscribed to my letter and saying, hey, I think Treasury yields have topped. We're going to see them come down. But that was like just in the short term. As we go out into next year, I think Treasury yields are going to go higher, and that is likely to put some pressure on the uh, mega cap uh, high PE stocks. So uh, going forward, what's your advice on uh, some of those areas that, that people were really waiting to bounce back? I mean, I'm thinking especially the travel sector where yeah. people expected, oh, they're going to get back to normal and everything's going to be fine. And that, that road's been a little rocky. Yeah, it has. And I think it's going to continue to be. And we're going into the, you know, the, the cold season. And um, given that the efficacy of the vaccines appears to wane, and in Great Britain, they're seeing an escalation of cases, uh, you know, from a high plateau, actually, you know, it just gives me some concern that, wait a second, come wintertime, we're likely to see another uh, bout of rising cases. So those stocks might stay in the penalty box for a period of time until that is cleared up. One thing, when we t spoke on October 5th, you know, we were talking about sectors, and you said, hey, is anything that looks good? And at that time, I recommended the, the gold stocks, the GDX ETF. And that day, it happened to close at 29.78. I thought it could rally 7 to 8%. It's about 10% or more from that level. So that's I'm trying to find niches where I think uh, some of these sectors can perform. So right now, the overall market and the majority of sectors, Cisco, are overbought and reinforces the idea that we're nearing, if not today, very soon, at least a short-term high. Do people need to, uh, to really steer clear here? I'm thinking tech sector, maybe even uh, social media companies more, more specifically. Uh, you have big changes, the possibility of government regulation. Apple changes something, and all of a sudden earnings are struggling. Uh, should right. investors... Investors be wary, or are those companies so big, so valuable that they're they're really nothing to worry about? Well, all of the above. Uh, the difference is, if you bought them a few years ago when they were far, uh, you know, trading much lower levels, 
I don't think you have to be as concerned. Uh, you know, I think shaving some of the positions down a little bit makes sense. Um, but for somebody who bought recently or is thinking about buying, I think the points you just brought up, Cisco, are paramount. And it would make me really reluctant to tell somebody, yeah, throw caution to the wind and jump in at these price levels. Uh, so I would advise against that if somebody has recently purchased or is thinking about buying them. Thanks for all the advice. Always good stuff from Jim Welsh, macro strategist, portfolio manager with Smart Portfolios in San Diego. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by DiscoverPeoria.com. The new U.S. travel system set to take effect on November 8th. Let's get some details here. Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. Uh, Joe, what do people need to know if they plan to travel by air here in, oh, I don't know, just about another week and a half or so? Right. This is a really pretty big news coming out of the State Department and starting on November 8th. In some ways, they're relaxing requirements. In some ways, they're making them more restrictive. I think the most notable thing for U.S. travelers who are non-vaccinated, uh, they'll need to have uh, a proof of a COVID test within 24 hours of a trip rather than within three days. And uh, they're sort of tightening the grip on that. At the same time, they're giving European travelers a a much easier uh, gateway into Chicago if they have an approved vaccination and, uh, uh, and a negative COVID test. There won't be any further requirements when they arrive in the United States, and that's, that's good news for the tourism, tourism industry. So when this comes when to this comes- Americans who are not vaccinated, you, you say they're going to need a test within 24 hours. Is that both legs of the trip? You know, you, you head out of town and you need a test, and then in order to come back, you need a test? That's for coming back. And, uh, of course, European countries have their own requirements. I think, though, uh, uh, they're really you know, trying to say that, you know, without a vaccination, we're, we're cutting you a favor, uh, you know, coming back. And you have to have an, a test approved by the World Health Organization. So that brings an element of standardization to it, too, that you can't show up with a, a crumbled piece of paper that's uh, somewhat iffy. Uh, 
but I think noteworthy uh, is the ability for Europeans to come over here, plan ahead, and arrive, and, and on arrival, free to enjoy our country. And we're just seeing without that segment, you know, there's a lot of tourism in the U.S. that's been been stifled. And it's surprising it's took this long to uh, to create that kind of window. Yeah, I want to, I want to talk more about uh, the uh, the visitors from foreign lands coming here. But I, I want to make sure that we're clear on what's going to be required of Americans here. Uh, when we talk about testing, are we talking about domestic travel or are we talking about foreign travel? Are we talking about both? And, and do they need to be tested when they leave Chicago and when they come back from wherever they're going? going just just want to make sure we have this right yeah that's right so this is strictly uh on international and um the uh u.s uh, domestic market airlines are free to impose their own requirements but thus far there is no vaccination requirement within the united states and uh you know that uh, that market is pretty much back to 80 90 percent of normal but international we're still hovering at a close to 50 percent so uh these new uh new provisions uh make things a little clearer. Yeah, you have the airlines that want people on those flights. I, I would guess you also have hotels and uh, other spots, that, restaurants that are frequented by visitors. That they really want the foreigners coming back to the U.S. They do. And uh, they're, uh, I think we especially see uh, now with the holiday season approaching, there's usually some pretty nice uptick. And I should also you know, be clear that fully vaccinated passengers who are Americans who travel they still need to get a test uh, and to demonstrate proof of vaccination when they come back. But uh, they have a little bit longer window to that. that. That test can come up to three days before their arrival, you know, which makes it a little less stressful for U.S. Uh, residents who head over to Europe. Now, I guess what we're waiting to see now, since this won't go into effect until November 8th, is is it simple enough for people to feel comfortable traveling again? I, I think sometimes they're afraid of knowing the rules and not getting the rules right and, and not wanting to get in trouble or somehow be stranded somewhere. I think that's uh, that's exactly right. There's that hesitation. I think um, this will help uh, a long way because if you're vaccinated now, it's it's pretty clear. Bring proof your vaccination and and get that COVID test three days before you come back to the United States. Uh, and that's pretty much universal for most uh, countries in the, in the world that are uh, part of this agreement, which includes the whole Schengen area of Europe and other parts of, of the of the world. So it's uh, it's a big step. But you're right that uh, people still hesitate to click that uh, button when it comes to buying international travel because they don't quite know what to expect. Thanks so much, Joe Schwederman, professor of public services, director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. General Motors is introducing its new high-performance Chevy Corvette Z06 for 2023. Joining us with a preview, John McElroy, automotive industry analyst, host of Autoline.tv, based in Detroit. John, tell us about this new Corvette. Well, it's, it's incredibly powerful. It's got a 5.6-liter V8, but it cranks out 670 horsepower. Now, keep in mind, this engine does not have any turbochargers or superchargers. It's what they call naturally aspirated. I mean, the, the engine's just in and of itself. So that is an amazing amount of power to come out of that kind of engine. And it's going to be the tip of the spear point, as they call it, in terms of the Corvette lineup for right now. Now, are they, uh, I mean, this is not electric, right? Just so we're clear on this. That's right. This is not electric. 
Uh, you know, Corvette buyers love the sound of their V8 engines. That's one thing that they don't want to give up, at least not right now. And undoubtedly, there's an electric version of the Corvette coming at some point in the future, but not just yet. So when it comes to uh, what they can do with that V8 engine, I mean, it, it sounds really wonderful. It, it, do you expect advances to keep continuing with this Corvette, or is it, is it pretty much about as good as it gets? That's a really good question. You know, uh, at some point, automakers are just going to give up on their piston engine cars and, and just pour everything into, uh, you know, electric motors and batteries. But we're not quite there yet. We're getting close. And, you know, the Corvette customer will pay a premium to get these performance engines. So, for example, you know, a base Corvette is a little over $60,000. This Z06 that we're talking about is probably, and I say probably because they have not said anything officially yet, it's probably going to cost around $87,000. So, you know, a $20,000 markup for that engine, and of course you get a lot more than just the engine, but it shows that with the right customer and the right performance, they're willing to pay a big premium to get it. Yeah, they, yeah. in order to get what they want. Uh, are we talking about with this model, We talking, everyone talks about what's under the hood. Uh, how about what's outside? Are we talking a, a complete redesign here or just a tweak? No, they've got tweaks. So anybody who knows their Corvettes will instantly be able to tell what the Z06 is. You know, the grill is a little bit different. They've got these side vents by the doors that are different. The, the wing on the back is different. So, I mean, you know, any person who doesn't follow it uh, will just think, oh, it's a Corvette, whereas the people who know will absolutely know what it is. Thanks so much, John McElroy. Always good to talk with you and get your insight. He's an automotive industry analyst, host of Autoline.tv. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.